This episode is sponsored by our friends at Manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code OPOPIE at Manscaped.com. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to my live stream, uh, 500 feet above New York City. And man, I am tired. That was uh, that was the view of uh, Niagara Falls. Yes, I, I filmed that um, yesterday morning after the after the live stream. I did. If you haven't checked that out yet, it's on my Facebook. It's on my YouTube. But I did a uh, I did a live stream where I walked the rim of. Uh, Niagara Falls ending at that spot, which is like, I mean, look at this thing, man. This is this is my favorite. This is my favorite uh, vantage point at uh, at Niagara Falls. Just glorious, but I am tired. What is going on with everybody? Uh, what's up, Charlie? Can't surf. How are you? Jump in now, Ope. I'm, I'm over here now, though. I was over there. Now I'm over here. We cut our, our little Niagara Falls trip short by a day because the rain was just I, I don't want to see I don't want to see any more water. I know I got water behind me. I don't want to shower. I don't want to see any more falls. I don't want to see windshield wipers going like this for eight straight hours. Oh my god, am I tired? But I figured I needed to turn this on to say hi to the people. Say hi to my crew. So uh, with that, man, cheers. What's up, John Course? How are you, man? Cheers. We had a we had a glorious time at Niagara Falls, but uh, it was time to go home. We were going to go to Toronto, but um, the weather wasn't cooperating, so we jumped in a car. I don't know. After we jumped in a car at twelve, but then we had to go and get souvenirs for an hour, bring home the stupid maple syrup. You know, <clears throat> it's opiation. No kidding, man. I'll I'll try to. I'll try to keep my eyes open. They're, they're extras. They're extra. Uh, well, I don't know if I could say that word in 2023. I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm absolutely exhausted. We drove eight straight hours in pouring rain yesterday. Uh, I mean, pouring rain. And the worst part about uh, driving all the way from Niagara Falls to New York City in one shot, you're moving along. And then after driving like... Uh, Seven straight hours. We're right there. We're less than 20 miles from uh, from the city. And then after a seven-hour ride, we sit in bridge traffic for 45 minutes. It drove me absolutely insane. And then uh, I went to bed. And uh, wide awake at five. I, I need sleep. I, I'm exhausted. That had to be some shitty drive in that rain yesterday. It was Ted. It was it was terrible. We're supposed to still be out on the on the road, but with the rain, we were going to stop in Woodstock, New York. We were going to stop at Howe Caverns. We were going to maybe stop in Binghamton for the night, but we just said, you know what? Let's just plow through and get home. John Cords just gave me twenty dollars. Thank you, John. Since we joined you in Niagara Falls, some gas money. Oh, I appreciate that. People study Niagara Falls. They study 
pretty much the spot I was in. And then some people go, yeah, you know, I think I can make it. They look at that and go, I think I can make it. And I think over the years, um, 12 or 13 people have made it over the falls. I think that's the number. Maybe someone could Google that for me. But it's just downright terrifying to think that you could uh, go over the falls in a barrel or something else. There is a guy that truly believed that he could go over the falls in a, uh, in a jet ski. In a jet ski. He wasn't trying to end his life. He believed he could make it over the falls in a jet ski. I believe I was living up in Buffalo at that time. Bro, never take the GWB. Tap in Z all the way. Ted Palawada. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at myself because I decided to follow ways. And as soon as I made the, 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 the turn that would bring me more towards the GWB, I'm like, this is so wrong. This is so wrong. I've been living in and around New York City my entire life. You know, I go and do radio here for three-year periods, but then I always seem to come back to this area. And, and Ted Palawad is completely right. But these stupid ways, you know, oh, we're trying to find the best route for you. We're trying to do this for you. You want to save money here. Go this way, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, man, I'm telling you, they don't got it down perfect. No, you don't go towards the GWB on a Sunday. You don't do that. Oh, it might look good now as you're looking at ways, but uh, the the uh, the chances of of traffic building up um, on the approach to the GWB is always there. So, Ted, I'm, I I give you a cheers because you're a 100 right. As soon as I made the turn, I I, I ended up on um, uh, uh, for the local people on the on the throughway for the last 30 or 40 miles coming south, and I should have kept going far east hit the damn Hudson River, take the Tappan Z, and then I'm on the other side of this garbage. So, Ted, you're 100% right. And, I, you know, my wife had to hear it. And I'm, I'm calmo these days. I'm, I'm pretty calmo, but I'm like, I should have followed my instinct. I should have followed my gut. <sighs> What's up, Ross Dog? I would go over the falls in a barrel, but, I, but I'm a real man. I would... I mean, you want that glory. People want the glory, so they go for it. But at this point, too many people have done it, so you're just like, oh, yeah, now there's 14 people that made it. And you're sitting there like, but I survived. They're like, yeah, good for you. But 13 people survived before you, so now you're just a dummy. Now you're just dumb. First guy to make it not dumb. But, man, I've gone to Niagara Falls uh, my whole life. And it's gotten incredibly touristy. It used to be like just a, a cool little thing to do. But now it's just exhausting, to be honest with you. Uh, dude's name was Robert Over, Over uh, Racker. Shoot didn't, oh, the shoot didn't open. Oh, wait, that was the one. Oh, wait, Pat, okay. So I think he went over on a jet ski. And then... As he went flying over the rim and the jet ski was, you know, pushing him forward, I'm, I'm starting to remember this. He was he supposed to have a chute that would open, and then he would float down to safety, but the chute never opened. I think that's how the story goes. I believe Pat has it. Thank you, Pat Duffy. How are you, by the way, brother? Hope you're good. But, man, like, uh, we, we check out the hotel, and the, the, the wife and the kids, they wanted to get some souvenirs, you know. And I'm like, you know what, I'll just – 
these next words I'm about to utter are very stupid. You know, you guys run into that shop you like, and I'll just park. You guys run in, get some souvenirs, make sure you get some, uh, you know, some maple syrup, and I'll just park. You can't park. You can't park anywhere near Niagara Falls. You, you, you just simply can't do it. Oh, no, the, all the lots are filled. No, you can't park. Oh, no. I mean, you can park maybe a half a mile from the, the falls itself, but that's going to also cost you about $35. You can't you, simply put, you can't park anywhere. So then I, I found this uh, place. There was a, I mean, a, behind the power station for the locals. There's a giant, I mean, a giant parking lot that stretches. It could be a mile. It was full. Then on this side, it looks like it was more locals that went to like kind of a field and and um, and uh, I, I don't know if it was a parking lot or not, but I, I found a I just found a little muddy muddy little area that I could park my car and hang out, maybe go on my social media while the wife and the kids are uh, souvenir shopping, you know. And I'm there all comfy. No one is. I mean, no one is around. I found the ultimate spot to just hang out while they were doing their souvenir uh, shopping. And uh, lo and behold, of course, I'm not bothering anybody. These two parking attendants from way in the distance, I mean, way in the distance, they start walking towards me and they're walking and they're walking and they're walking. And I just keep waiting and waiting and waiting. And then I slowly roll down my window and I go, uh, and I go, you want me to leave, don't you? And they go, yes. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just on a muddy piece of piece of grass, basically, off to the side, not bothering anybody, just waiting for the text to come in from my wife to pull up so we can start our eight-hour ride home in the rain. Yes, we would like you to move. I go, why? I'm not bothering anybody. <laughs> Jesus. So then I uh, then I pulled away, and I'm just doing circles, trying to find any type of parking. I mean, you know, Niagara Falls used to be this place. I mean, and we liked it. We really enjoyed our time. But it it's just exhausting when you go to one of these tourist traps that they just get you at every turn at every turn. Then I see a police station. I don't know. It's the local police station. And it was like a horseshoe driveway like this. And there were parking spots. So I'm like, I think I could, I think I could park there for a little while. You know, they're not going to be too much longer. As soon as I get in a spot, <clears throat> a Mountie shows up and he starts walking towards me. And I'm like, you know what? I, I ain't saying a word. I'll get out of this spot and I'll move right the hell up, you know, along. Is it a pain crossing the border? No, man. Um, hey, Vincent. Um, no. When we went into Canada, it was a piece of cake. We handed over our passports. My gut says that they have all sorts of sensors and other stuff. So when you roll up, they already know exactly what's in your car. <laughs> That's what my gut says. Uh, kind of think uh, airport security. You know, they got heat shit just in case you're hiding another person. And, they, and they, they're checking out your car as you're, as you're babbling. Why are you here? Well, you know, it's my son's birthday. And we're, uh, we're going to Niagara Falls for the next few days. Passports. Okay, here you go. Do you have any tobacco or firearms? 
Long story, bit, uh, long story short, Vincent Scaramuzzo crossing the border into Canada took less than, man, less than a minute. Less, they don't, they, they, they don't care. The guy's miserable that that's his job. The Canadian border. Are you kidding me? Because you know we, our our countries get along. And then on the way back, uh, the American guy was just a douche, an absolute douche. But same thing. It it, uh, it took less than a minute, but you know. I wanted to say to the American guy, yo, we're on the same team. Lighten up. We're on the same team over here. Lighten up. But he uh, he took his job very seriously. And, you know, it looked like he wanted to fight. It looked like not necessarily me. I think he wanted to fight somebody, though. Besides the dumb stuff, it was it was absolutely a, a great trip. Got my room uh, upgraded to uh, – th- this is what drives me nuts, too. All right. Let's get into let's get into some stuff that we could all relate to. All right, you go into a hotel, and they size you up. And my wife, you know, she's uh, well researched. I mean, she booked this trip months ago. Said, "Look, um, our son is turning thirteen. We want a nice high floor. We want to see the view of the falls. What do you got? Oh, we got something nice for you. You know, they just babble on the phone." We get there. We all know this. When you go into a restaurant or you're checking into a hotel, they size you up. And I think they decided we were only worthy to be on the fourth floor of this fine hotel, the fourth floor. So we get to our room and we can see the Canadian Falls. I got video of this stuff. I can show you guys. We got a beautiful view of the, uh, sorry, a, a beautiful view of the American Falls. And a tree in the way of the uh, the Canadian Falls. You know, the Mac Daddy, the reason you're there. Pat Duffy, my favorite videos are the guys that try to go through border crossings and refuse to answer questions for literally no reason and then act like the cops are the problem. <laughs> Does that really happen? Jesus. I'm, I'm a nervous Nelly when I cross a border. Almost like I feel like I'm doing something wrong. They're going to catch me. I'm doing something wrong. We all think the same stuff. Cheers. So we get in, and we're kind of, you know, we're a little bummed. I mean, it's nice, but we're bummed, you know? So I called out, sorry, sir, we're booked. We're booked solid all weekend. Wait, let me look here. And they, they probably put you on hold and make believe they're looking. Yeah, we're, we're booked solid through Sunday. So we're like, all right, we're just going to have to deal with it. The wife's a little bummed. But, I mean, the view is still beautiful, you know? Inevitably, there's something wrong in your room. Inevitably. So in our case, it was an extremely leaky shower. And, and the, we were at the Sheridan. I'll tell you, we were at the Sheridan. It's a, it's a beautiful hotel in general. Um, and, you know, we, uh, we take some showers. And the water is just, I mean, there's a huge puddle in the bathroom. This is Thursday. We sort of let it go because we're tired, you know, and it's late. And then Friday... Uh, leaky shower again, the, the, the bathroom floor, big puddle. I called down. We got a leaky shower. Is there anything you can do about it? We'll send a guy up and then we leave for the, uh, the day we come back, uh, to take showers, assuming that, uh, the problem was solved and there's still a leaky shower, big puddle on the bathroom floor. We called down again, or I do. Oh, uh, Oh, he hasn't been there yet? No. 
So now we're just tired and we want to take showers. We're soaking wet because we just got wet the entire time. We were in Niagara Falls. It was raining the whole time. And then we're doing things where you're getting even more rain. Guy comes up at the perfect time, you know, uh, when you want to settle down with your family and get the kids showered or bathe and you want to take a hot shower and then you want to chill and either go to dinner or go up to the buffet or, or order room service. And uh, the guy comes into the room at that, that time, you know, now we're all quiet and awkward because now he's fixing it with silicon or something. He's like, I got I to gotta, I gotta get some more stuff. I'll be right back. The whole job takes over an hour. And then we're like, okay, I guess we can finally shower properly without the big puddle on the floor. And then he looks at us and he goes, you need to let that dry for two hours. <laughs> now I'm just involved. Like all we want is showers on our, on our surprise vacation for my son's birthday. So we didn't shower. Next morning, now we're up to what? Saturday morning. We get up. Well, now we need a shower, obviously. We didn't shower the night before. We had to wait for everything to dry. And long story short, it's still leaking. So we called down. I'm, I'm like, look, I, I I, go, I'm not that guy, but we've had a shower problem since we arrived here on Thursday. We're kind of disappointed. Blah, blah, blah. The guy was here last night. He fixed it. It's still leaking. What can you do? You know what the guy says? Oh, we can upgrade you. So they could upgrade us from day one. Oh, we, we got a beautiful, uh, I'm sorry, sir, but we got a beautiful room on the 14th floor. So we uh, moved our asses up from four to 14 because we had a leaky shower. That was the only reason they upgraded us. And so for the last night, long story short, we had the glorious view of the uh, American Falls and the Canadian Falls. We were way above the tree. But uh, long story short, they could have done this from, from the jump. They could have gave us the better room. They size all of us up as soon as you get to the hotel. They're like, hmm, if we put them on the fourth floor, I don't, I don't think they'll complain or mind. And they saved those beautiful rooms for people that bitch and complain. I, it, there's no doubt in my mind. There's just always problems with the room. How many times have you done this? You call down, uh, the TV doesn't work. I think the remote needs batteries. Why is there hair on my pillow? <laughs> this episode sponsored by our friends at Manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code O-P-O-P-I-E at Manscaped.com. All right, look, summer's almost here and it's time to show off your beach bod. But if you're feeling a little self-conscious about your body hair or winter man tits, don't worry because Manscaped has got you covered. With their game-changing grooming and hygiene products, you'll be ready to take on hot guy summer in style. They got the Performance Package 4.0. You know about this by now. I use it. I love everything in this thing. It's the ultimate grooming kit featuring the essential lawnmower. 4.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer so you can do the summer shave down like I do with Manscaped. I shave everything with my Manscaped razor. Well, not everything. I leave a little bit. Oh, you don't need to know that? Okay, great. All right. And if you're feeling extra bold, you can even trim an arrow pointing to the promised land. Inside the performance package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner 
anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer to keep you comfortable all day long. But it's not just about body hair. Manscaped also offers the Weed Whacker 2.0 for those pesky nose hairs and the pee boss you might have around your earlobes, as well as the Manscaped Shears 2.0 nail kit to keep your feet looking sandal ready. Here's the best part. When you order the Performance Package 4.0, you'll also receive two free gifts. Now, isn't that nice? The Shed Travel Bag and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped boxers. All right, there's a lot there. I understand. You need to go to manscaped.com and check it out for yourself. If you like what you see, get 20% off and free shipping with the code O-P-O-P-I-E at manscaped.com. And trim your chesticles with the besticles. Once again, manscaped.com, promo code OP, O-P-I-E to get that 20% off and free shipping. This video, um, so at Niagara Falls, you can do a trip called Journey Behind the Falls. Journey Behind the Falls. Go down an elevator, I don't know, 125 feet. You're in this crazy-ass echoey tunnel. And you walk, and then there's a vantage point where you're literally right behind the falls. Now, what's really interesting about that video, in front there, I mean, that is filled with coins. Filled. Everyone wants to throw a coin in Niagara Falls. And I, I'm, I want to do some research to see if I can find this out on the Google. And, and I'm sure we're not the only ones. We're like, why throw coins right there? When you can throw it all the way into the falls. I think it's safe to say there is not one, but millions of dollars of coins at the bottom of Niagara Falls. I got to find out uh, if anyone has uh, talked about that or wrote about that. And you're talking about rare coins, too, because people have been throwing coins since they opened Niagara Falls in, what, 1800 and something? So you can only imagine, could you, um, they tried out the falls once and I wonder if they were uh, collecting all sorts of old coins that people threw from the rim down below from behind the falls, but there has to be millions of dollars in change. There just has to be. And then you can pop out and you're a mere, I don't know, 50 feet from the actual falls uh, on these little vantage points. And, and this was really, really cool. So what's so funny about that video, you, you know, the vantage point, you pop out, everyone gets videos and pictures right there. You throw more coins. There were three people that said to themselves, this isn't good enough. So they started climbing we just missed this, but we saw them getting arrested, basically. But they, there were three dummies that jumped over the rail, basically saying this isn't good enough. And, and, and my video, it, it pans this way. And if I kept panning, there's like a, a rocky, you know, a rocky hill that leads to some kind of cave. I don't know what they're doing up there. But these three dummies, when we got to that vantage point, there are all sorts of, are they called Mounties in Canada? There are Mounties. Look it up looking up to where these dummies were. And they're like, you could come down now. And I'm like, oh my God, is someone jumping? That's what we thought at first. Because you couldn't see the people because they were in the cave. And these, these Mounties were so effing pissed. They were so mad. And then all of us, we're supposed to look at the falls. You know, that video I showed you, the, the, you know, the, the money shot. 
But we were all like interested in what was going on with the Mounties and these three dummies that decided to go off-roading and uh, try to climb up into whatever this thing was, a, a, a cave or whatever. And all of a sudden, the, the Mountie looks in our direction and goes, the falls is over there. He's all mad because we're looking at what they're doing. And I'm like, it's not every day you, you, you see what we're seeing. Yeah, we'll look at the falls. But he was so mad and he wanted everyone to just look at the falls and ignore what was going on. And I'm like, I ain't ignoring this. What the hell's going on? And these three guys came down. The one guy had a Starbucks. And you could tell he was just like, ah, man. And then um, we got back into the gift shop. Because obviously, if you go to a tourist place, everything you do, it, it empties out into a stupid gift shop. And we start talking to a couple of the locals. Because now we can see the three dummies. They're right outside now with the... Uh, the cop cars and the the, Can the Canadian police. And I we asked, we're like, so what's going to happen to them? They actually don't arrest the people, but they fine them $10,000 a person. I'm like, come on. And, and this lady was like, no, I'm serious. That's what they do. They don't officially, uh, they don't officially arrest them for what they were doing. Cause I guess they're used to people like jumping over the rail and trying to see what's up in the cave. So I guess they're used to that. But she goes, yeah, but they will be fined $10,000 a person. It was a family. So imagine you go to Niagara Falls and you had this dumb idea to go off-roading, and now you're down 30 Gs, $30,000. Unbelievable. 1995 Californian killed in Niagara Falls stunt accident. Parachute fails to open for a rider of motorized ski. That would be a jet ski. Leap was uh, effort to draw attention to plight of homeless. Yes. Wait, that was 1995. See, I remember that as uh, happening when I was living in Buffalo, but I was I was long gone out of uh, out of Buffalo in 1995. I was starting my uh, my run in Boston by 1995. Yes. Okay, I do remember that he was trying to get some attention for the homeless. It was going to be a jet ski. It was a jet ski. And then he was going to time it, so he's trying to get as much power as possible, so he could get past maybe where the rocks would be if he if he dropped. And then uh, the parachute was supposed to open, and then he would float to safety downriver a little bit. But the parachute never opened. And I remember there's a picture somewhere where you see the jet ski just like this, and you're like, ah, man. and you know the guy went, ah, man. Man, he knew at that moment that he was effed. I wonder if anyone has been caught scuba diving and gathering up all those coins. I was thinking that too. I don't know how you could even scuba dive close enough to the falls to start collecting the money. I'm obsessed with this. I'm obsessed with this. You know, there are people that do that metal detector thing. Um, not on the beach like an old man with your stupid visor. Where you're like, oh, I think I found something. And you're picking up a piece of tin foil. You know, when you hear that stupid metal detector go off five times in a row and you get excited and then you're digging up tin foil, you're like, I'm done with this. And you might have uh, thrown the metal detector in the ocean. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> there are people that legit do it uh, for real. And there's YouTube channels dedicated to it. And they get these heavy-duty metal magnets and what do they call it there's a there's a term for it um 
I don't want to say magnet fishing. I mean, they they have a hipper name for it. If you got the name, throw it in the chat for me. And they're going in old rivers. A, a lot of people are doing it in Europe and whatnot. And they're uh, they're picking up some pretty cool stuff from the past in these old rivers and lakes um, and ponds and whatnot. So I would imagine if you could get close enough with a boat with a high power magnet, then yeah, I bet you you would you would grab some cool shit from the bottom of uh, Niagara Falls. Do you miss Don Imus? Did you talk to him still over the years before his death? Oh, God, we kept in touch. We were in touch right up until, uh, you know, his last breath on Earth, more or less. He would email me um, from time to time because he, he would ask me a question about this. Out of nowhere, he was obsessed with uh, Howard Stern. Howard did Imus dirty back in the day. The reason why Imus loved me and definitely loved Anthony, but me and Imus actually ended up having a relationship. Uh, Imus was having a book signing at the uh, book review in Huntington, Long Island. I was living in Huntington at the time. And I was like, man, I got to go to the book signing. So I knew it was like from whatever, seven to nine or whatever it was. So really late, right? Like right around that, uh, nine, right at the end of it, I walked into the book review. I was the last person online. And Imus at this point is tired. He's been signing books and talking to his fans for two straight hours. And the line was crazy for his book. I'm in front of him and he looks up and he recognized me right, right away. And I go, hey, I'm Opie. Uh, I wanted to meet you, Don. You know, he goes, hey, of course I know who you are. Long story short, they closed the book review, but uh, a couple workers had to stay there for an extra hour. As we're sitting at that table telling stories, laughing our asses off. And uh, he loved that we took so many shots at Howard Stern. He's like, no one did that. He goes, no one had the balls to do that. And you guys took him on, and I love you guys for that. And then it started a, a lovely relationship. We ended up going on Iverson's show a, a few times over the years. And then we had an email thing going as well. And every once in a while, he would just email me some crazy story about Howard or – or he would hear one of our rants about Howard and he would laugh his ass off and, and basically say, say, say stuff like, just keep keep at it. Keep bothering that guy. He was he loved all of it. I uh, you know got let go from SiriusXM and he reached out immediately. And then I spilled my guts to Imus. I, sp I spilled my guts to Imus. I was definitely bummed that SiriusXM let me go, but they paid every penny. Gentleman's agreement. I'll say that every time because I was working with Carl and Vic and I was just bombed. I was like, man, I, Don, I, you know, I had a, a, another good show going and that I really believed in that could have been really huge and blah, 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 blah. So I spilled my guts to this guy. And uh, I was with Carl at the time. We were having sushi at Subway Sushi. And uh, the rest is history. Let me just play the video from here. Next thing you know, I get an email from Imus. He's like, hey, just let me know what I could do or whatever, right? He's awesome. So I write him a, a, a relatively short email, but based with the basics of no, what you happened. Did. You were like, this. and then, and then, and then, and then, and then. You go old school typewriter. And I might have mentioned Howard in there a little bit because I got I got amazed. And then Howard, and then you would have let me in the hallway. Also, I get this email back. I swear to you, it said back. Back in the 80s at NBC, 
We caught Howard Stern picking his nose and eating it. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. That's all he wrote after I... That was it. That's after I spilled my guts. Spilled my guts about, yeah, I lost my job. That's the goes... Yeah, back in the 80s at NBC, we, we caught him picking his nose and eating it. And that was that was the whole email. Signed, I'm as, as perfect. There was nothing else in the email? Nothing. I'm ah. thinking, oh, well, hang in there, kid. You'll be okay. You know, all that horseshit. Nothing. That's all he said. Back in the 80s at NBC, we caught him picking his nose and eating it. Oh. That was the relationship I had with, uh, with Imus right there. And he would just write, like, just just out of nowhere weird things to me and i loved every moment of it loved it and and to think carl no longer with us imus no longer with us jerry springer no longer with us vic Kelly no longer with us it's crazy what's your favorite prince song robert spawn i like this question this is what it sounds like when doves cry I'll leave you with this. So uh, the Prince of State, whoever's running it, they're a bunch of a-holes, and I'll tell you why. There was a great documentary, and I'm going to say this lady's name, and a, a bunch of you are just going to be like, Ugh. But the Sinead O'Connor um, documentary was really amazing. She stood up for her beliefs, that's for sure. Oh, my God, and, and that certainly pisses off people. But she fought for women's rights in, uh, in Ireland, she went after the uh, the the pedos in the uh, the Catholic Church. I respect that big time. Obviously, she sang Prince's song. Nothing compares to you. Um, she made that song massively huge. And when you when you listen to Prince's version, it's good. But uh, Sinead O'Connor with that tear coming down in the video, she looks just gorgeous. She talks about nothing compares to you and everything. And the whole documentary, I'm like, the fuck's going on? She keeps you know, referring to this song because it changed her life. It was a massive hit. It's one of the biggest pop songs, I think, of all time. And, like, uh, and then you're thinking to yourself, right here, they should have played a little of it. They didn't. Oh, maybe they're saving it for the end, the big climax of the Sinead O'Connor documentary. And then... Uh, the documentary is ending. I'm like, all right, they're going to start the song any moment now. Obviously, they have to. And then uh, the credits roll and they're not playing it. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? And then on the screen, these bastards that that are, are running uh, Prince's estate, it says uh, the Prince's estate did not give permission to use Sinead O'Connor's version, uh, version, excuse me, of nothing compares to you. <laughs> They said no to her. She made that song massively huge. And her version, you know, I, I'm sure most people understand how this works. Even though she had a huge hit with that song, a ton of the money went, uh, went to Prince because he wrote the song. So, the, uh, so Prince himself and then the Prince estate to this day makes millions upon millions of dollars off that song. And they couldn't grant her her wish to play that stupid song in her documentary. Oh, go after yourself, whoever's running the Prince's State. She wasn't hot dopey. She looked like a 13-year-old uh, boy. 
Nothing hammers your hate home than calling me dopey. I got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm amazed no one has really picked up on the fact that my name, Opie, is very close to dopey. Now, she was uh, she was hot in the uh, Nothing Compares to You video. I'm sorry. I, I, I guarantee you're bothered because, you know, her uh, what she believes in doesn't match up with you. So now you have to take some dumb shot at me. Relax. We'll get through this. I think uh, Sinead O'Connor was damn hot back then. I know it was Noah was really cool about her too. I love anybody that swims uh, against the stream. It has hurt me dramatically in my uh, in my professional career, but uh, I, I see no other way of doing it. I'll be honest with you. And Sinead O'Connor, when she was coming up, she was a piece of ass for real. And she's a feminist, so she probably doesn't want me saying that. But for real, she was a piece of ass, and she had long hair. And she was a gorgeous Irish girl. And uh, they were trying to sell her sexuality big time, the record industry. And then she got pregnant. And she says this, that they were encouraging her to not have the baby because it would hurt her, her, her career. She says this in the documentary. Can you imagine? They came to her like, oh, I know you want to be a mother, but this is a terrible time, and this could hurt your record sales and blah, blah, blah. And she basically said F you to that because they were selling her uh, sexuality. So to that guy, you're just a dope. Everybody saw that she was uh, a gorgeous Irish girl back in the day. And then she's like, oh, yeah, now now watch what I do because she understood that they really were focusing on her um, her sexuality. That's when she shaved her fucking head. And the, and the record people are like, what are you doing? And she's like, screw you. I'm going to do it my way. If you still want me to sing and you want to put out my records, great. But now you can't sell my sexuality as well because now I got a shaved head. And then it turns out she looked pretty good with the shaved head. Sinead was correct about the church just ahead of her time, and she was hot in the video. There you go. See, John Quartz, thank you. That's why we're friends now because you, you got honesty. The show did a lot of Gordon Lightfoot bits. Any comments on Gordon Lightfoot's death, Adam? Well, Gordon Lightfoot was uh, one of the greatest artists to come out of Canada. His writing was unbelievable. He had great songs. If you could read my mama, 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 mama. If you could read my mama, but the one thing about Gordon Lightfoot, which is fascinating, he had this girlfriend, right? This girlfriend broke his heart. And I think that's the only reason we got that great song, If You Could Read My Mama. Do, 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 do. I think that was the one he wrote after this girl broke up with him. Maybe someone could look this up and put it in the chat. Maybe I should have done some research myself, knowing that Gordon Lightfoot died yesterday. What a dummy I am. But I'm very, very tired from um, driving in the rain for eight straight hours with my windshield wipers going like this. So maybe I got a little lazy on you. So uh, this broad uh, breaks up with Gordon Lightfoot, and this broad starts going out with somebody else. And that person would be John Belushi. And she allegedly, I think I got to say allegedly, because I don't know where the case is these days. She uh, allegedly gave him the speedball that killed him at the Chateau Marmont out there in L.A. Oh, it's sundown. Bob Flossie might be right. Sundown. I know a little Gordon Lightfoot. 
Sundown, you did it, but boom. Is that the song? I think you're right, though. I think Sundown was the song he wrote uh, after this chick broke up with him. He got inspired by the breakup because he was so bummed. And uh, and then this uh, broad moved on to the John Belushi. Sundown, you better take care. If I find you've been creeping around my back stairs. Too wordy, man. I don't know how they I don't know how they sing these wordy songs. Because then when you hear it on the radio, it's perfect. But then you try to do it. Sundown, you better take care. If I find you've been creeping around my back stairs. <laughs> how does he do that? Sometimes I think it's a sin when I feel like I'm winning when I'm losing again. Yeah, sundown. Lightfoot wrote the number one 1974 hit, Sundown, about his tumultuous, uh, extramarital, and occasionally violent relationship with Smith. Sundown, you better take care if I find you've been creeping around my back stairs. But he was absolutely in love with the Smith brought. And then, uh, you know, she moved on to Belushi and was a bad, bad girl. Boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo. <laughs> 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 <laughs>